This is the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silbiger, host of the Howie Silbiger Show, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We have a major announcement we have to make. And before I get into it, let me just uh, tell you a little, let me give you a little background, a little history on why we're doing this and, uh, and what's going to happen. I've been hosting the uh, Howie Silberger show for over half my life. We started uh, just after 9-11 and uh, we've been hosting, the show has run continuously. Uh... As the Howie Silberger show, I had another show before that, which was basically the same format, same kind of show. Um, I've been doing this kind of radio for about uh, 26 years. And uh, I've been I've been very happy doing this radio and uh, doing this kind of show. Uh, I love the crew I work with. I love the people who listen and the people who come to talk to me after the show, people who message me on Facebook and the people who call in. I appreciate each and every one of you and your entire uh, contribution to the Howie Silberger Show. I, I appreciate uh, Radio Shalom. Uh, we were on there for 18 years. We, we, we hosted a show on Radio Shalom for 18 years. And, and I appreciated every minute we were on Radio Shalom. The good and the bad. Because as, as, as things happen and bad things happen, and there was a lot of bad at Radio Shalom, uh, you learn and you grow with it. And Radio Shalom gave us the opportunity to reach a broad audience, gave us the opportunity to speak to a lot of people and to cover a lot of material and to be, uh, and, and, and to elicit change in the community, which is what, we, which, which what our aim was from the beginning. There's no point in doing talk radio if you can't change things, if you can't advocate for things that you feel are wrong, if you can't talk about issues that you feel are, are must be talked about, even though nobody wants to talk about them. So we've always strived and we've always prided ourselves on the issues that we bring up on this show and the way we handle situations and the way we handle the community and uh, our listening audience and the way we present the show. Because unlike most podcasts, and this uh, this is a live show that turns into a podcast afterwards. Uh, unlike most live shows that air strictly on the internet, we were on AM radio for 18 years, and we haven't changed the way we do the show one iota. In fact, when we came on to uh, when we left AM and we we went onto the internet, we had started on the internet. We went to AM, then we came back to the internet. We we kept the format exactly the same. In fact, we even kept the timing exactly the same. We were on from 6 to uh, six to 8 p.m. Uh, when we started. Uh, we, we tried to make it as easy for our listenership to find us as possible. And they did find us. Thousands of people listen on a weekly basis to the show. And uh, I want to thank you all for taking time out of your day to bring me, Sheldon, Mark, and whoever else we have on the air with us into your lives. Uh, I really... Truly appreciate it. 
But like all things, we must evolve. And the Howie Silberger Show will be evolving. Now, we're going to do it slowly, and we're going to do it smartly. And we're going to do it with your cooperations and your participation. And, uh, and uh, I, I came up with this idea a while back. I, I wanted to change the show. I wanted to make it more accessible. I wanted to make it uh, a better show. I wanted people to, uh, to appreciate what we do a little more than they do now. I want to generate more phone calls and more audience participation. And I, I met with our crew, and uh, I spoke to them, Mark and Sheldon, and we had a, we had a we had a long heart to heart conversation, and uh, we we decided that we must change the show. So the show that we were doing has to be changed, and we 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 came up to an agreement on how we're going to do this. And today is the day I'm announcing it to you. Uh, this was after a long, long, long talking with, um, with with Mark and Sheldon and with other people who are involved with this program, and uh, we've we've come up with a uh, with a way to uh, to do this to make it more beneficial for you, easier for you to access the show, easier for us to do the show, and uh, and better. It'll be a much better show. Uh, I don't want to cancel shows, and I've canceled a lot of shows in the last little while. Those uh, loyal listeners know that um, that uh, and and people have started. To, I mean, I've canceled so many shows in the last little while that people have started messaging me on Facebook saying, "Is there a show this week?" And I never want that to happen again. I, I never want people to wonder if we're going to be on the air or not on the air. So there's going to be a couple of major changes we're making as of next week, next Sunday. So the, the first change and the first notable noticeable change that you will you will notice uh, the first change that you will see is that the show is going to be reduced to one hour. So right now we're two hours. We run from seven to nine p.m. on Sunday nights. We are going to run from seven to eight p.m. Now there's a couple of reasons uh, we're, I'm reducing the time of the show. I'm, I'm compressing it into one hour instead of two. Uh, uh, let me let me get into why we were doing two hours to start with. Uh, I, I cover a lot of issues on the show, and I found uh, when we were on Radio Shalom, over the 18 years that we were on Radio Shalom, I found that the one-hour format that I had uh, originally on Radio Shalom, I had started at one hour, and the one-hour format I had didn't have enough time in it. I wasn't able to 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 get through everything I wanted to get through over the course of a week, and I was only on one night a week, and it, it was hard to cover everything I wanted to cover in that one hour. So I had expanded the show to two hours and then eventually to three hours because I, I thought it was important to get through all the stuff that I wanted to get through in those three hours. So we're on three hours on a Sunday night and I covered really everything I wanted to cover for the entire week on three hours. And and I we cut it down to two hours when we moved over. Well, first we did three hours, then we cut it down to two hours when we moved over to the internet. And, and I felt that well, I have to. Um, I had to get through everything, and but the internet had a different format. Uh, True Talk Radio has a very different format than Radio Shalom had, and I found that the three hours was way too much time. So you see, it depends on where you're doing the show, and how you're presenting it, on, on what is a lot of time and what is not so much time. So the three hours was a lot of time, so we cut it down to two hours. Uh, I'm going to be cutting it down to one hour now. But only but one hour uh, until the Jewish holidays. 
So, so for next Sunday and uh, the I think three Sundays after that, we will be doing one hour from eight o'clock p.m. till nine o'clock p.m. So from eight to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will be doing one hour until the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah. Then we will take three weeks off until after the holidays. So it's three weeks, and we'll be back on the air on October twenty seventh. Uh, that's the Sunday, October 27th. We will be doing one hour, three days a week. So it'll be three hours of the Howie Silberger Show, three days a week. Starting in October, at the end of October, beginning of November. So until October, we'll be doing one hour a week on Sunday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. And then after that, we'll be doing three nights a week, one hour each night. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which nights they are yet because I'm still negotiating. I have a bunch of shows that air on True Talk Radio. And I, I still have to do some negotiations and try to figure out how we're going to uh, flip the schedule on True Talk Radio to make it work. But we will be doing one hour, three nights a week. So three hours a week, one hour on three different nights on True Talk Radio. Live. Well, you'll be able to call in. We'll be able to get more guests on the show. We'll be able to, uh, to expand our cast a little bit and cover much more material than we cover in the one Sunday night. And, of course, you'll have three nights that you can listen to the Howie Silberger Show. We will be launching, by the way, a, a fundraising campaign sometime soon, too. Uh, perhaps it'll be a Patreon campaign, perhaps something else. Uh, we're working on that. Because to run the show does cost money. And, uh, and if you love the show, uh, and I know I do, and I invest my money into the show... If you love the show, we would we would love for you to be part of the show. And so we'll, we'll get into that when that comes up a little later on uh, as, as things progress. We're also going to be revamping the True Talk Radio website. And we'll be launching a new um, radio station uh, that will work in conjunction. Well, it won't work with True Talk Radio. It works independently of True Talk Radio. And that radio station will be called Jew Talk Radio. And that will be strictly Jewish programming. So whatever Jewish programming we have currently airing on True Talk Radio, we'll move over to Jew Talk Radio. And this is why I'm saying we're going to be juggling around the schedules a little bit to make everything work. Now, I hope you're happy about these changes. I, I, I'm, I'm very comfortable with these changes. I'm very happy that we're going to be doing this. I'm looking forward to being on three nights a week. I, I think that by expanding the show to three nights a week, we will be covering a lot more material than we cover on this one show. Uh, there will be a lot less um, banter, uh, mindless and, and aimless banter. Uh, I, I know we do a lot of that here on the Howie Silberger Show on Sunday nights. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot less of that because we'll have a lot less time to do that. So maybe some of the uh, features that we, uh, that we have, some of the things that we do, will we'll, we'll drop to the wayside to, to cover some more important stuff. Uh, we're still trying to figure that part out. But as of next week, so let me recap. So, so everyone's clear and we're all on the same page. As of next week, the Howie Silberger Show will air from 8 to 9 p.m. live. It'll air for one hour live every Sunday night until the Jewish holidays. Unless something drastic happens, unless something big happens that I have to uh, cancel a show, it is possible. Uh, it will air every Sunday night. Uh, at least this is what I think now. We will try to air it every Sunday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Uh, if we can't air it Sunday night, maybe we'll air Monday night. This is why I ask you to please like the Facebook page, the Howie Silberger Show Facebook page. 
we will post up the schedule on the Facebook page. It will be up there. Uh, every week you'll know if we're on Sunday or Monday. And then we will have a set schedule. We'll stop for the Jewish holidays. We'll take a little break for the Jewish holidays, a hiatus. And when we come back after the Jewish holidays, so we're going to take three weeks off there. When we come back from the Jewish holidays, we will be on three nights a week. And that's the major announcement. That the, uh, the entire format of the show and the entire time that we're on is going to be changing. Now, I, I'm, I, I know that a lot of people have concerns and people have expressed concerns. Uh, some, some people have told me, I know what your announcement is today. You're canceling the show. And no, no, I have no intention of canceling the show. I'll be honest with you. The show has been part of my life for so long that canceling it seems, uh, seems uh, uh, I, can't, I can't even fathom it in my brain that this show would ever be canceled. Uh, I own the station. I can keep the show on as long as I want. And I, I don't see myself canceling the show at any time in the near future. But until, uh, until, until then, until, until I uh, decide that I want to cancel it, which, which is not happening, uh, we, will, uh, we, will, we will keep you abreast. I mean, we're all about transparency. And we will keep you abreast and we'll keep you, keep you in the loop as things progress here on the Howie Silberger Show. If you want to call in and comment on this, you want to, uh, you want to talk to me about this, uh, feel free. The number to call, one 669 1292 That's 1-877-669-1292. And I'll tell you that you could call that number uh, during the show and choose the option to come on and talk to me on the air during the show. And you could call the number off the air, too, and you can leave me a message by, by just uh, choosing the other option. So there's two options, an option to talk to me on the air and an option to talk to me off the air. So if you want to talk to me on the air, give me a call, one 669 1292 and we can talk on the air. And if you want to talk to me off the air, you can call the same number, one 669 1292 and just choose the, up, the other option to talk to me off the air. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll start up the Howie Silberger Show tonight, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. I'm flying solo tonight. Uh, Mark and Sheldon are not here, so I'm flying solo, so it's just me and you. And let's get to uh, let's get to stuff that we want to talk about, stuff that I want to talk about, and of course your calls. When we come back from this break. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Come to your rhythm, Messiahs. We'll get you higher. Get you through the door. Come to your rhythm, Messiahs. We're what you've been waiting for
The Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1-877-669-1292. I'm Howie Silbiger. It's the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. 
Feel free to call in. The number to call, 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. We are live until 9 o'clock tonight. So give me a call right here on this Sunday night on the Howie Silberger Show. 1-877-669-1292. All right, it's honesty time. Let me be honest. I never really liked Donald Trump. Nope. Over the years, I watched him navigate the media and play his little control games. To be honest, he made me sick. I thought he was a pig. He was a liar and, most of all, the type of guy who would say anything to get attention. I never watched The Apprentice, and on my numerous visits to New York City, I always avoided his gaudy monstrosity on Fifth Avenue. When Trump announced his candidacy for the President of the United States, I sighed and thought it was a publicity stunt. Which, in all honesty, it probably was. Then something happened that changed my view of Trump. The media and the radical lefties attacked. After the first batch of media attacks that led by the rabbit CNN, I realized that the game had changed. Sure, the media had exposed other presidential candidates over the years as pigs, cheaters, and liars. It's true that the media held off doing that to Barack Obama. They hid a lot of his flaws and essentially crowned him president four years before he ran. Now, if you don't believe me that they did that, just look at the proof. Go to YouTube and look up the NBC commentary immediately after Obama's speech during the 2004 Democratic Convention. Then watch the CNN coverage after that. It was clear at the time that they wanted Obama to be president and they threw Hillary Clinton under the bus. The thing that turned me towards supporting and ultimately defending President Trump was the release of a 25-year-old Access Hollywood tape by the Washington Post. When then-businessman Donald Trump boasts to then-host Billy Bush that he's so rich he could grab a woman by the... And get away with it. This was the type of disgusting that I expected from Donald Trump. I didn't expect anything more from him. He was a man who once said that if Ivanka wasn't his daughter, he'd date her. A man who made all sorts of disgusting boasts on the Howard Stern show. A man who had been rich, spoiled, bratty pig his whole life. But then, to my surprise, the media ran with it. They played it over and over and over again, never asking the question of where the video came from, of who went and yanked an outtake, a private conversation on a bus from the archives of Access Hollywood. How did it get from NBC to New York, uh, NBC in New York to the Washington Post? Why would the Washington Post publish a 25-year-old private conversation? Trump dismissed the tape as locker room talk, which it probably was, and moved on to win the presidency. But the media lies didn't stop there. The more popular Trump got, the more outrageous lies, all believed and repeated by the meme generation. Trump was a Russian spy. Trump slept with a porn star and paid her off for silence. Trump cages babies at the border. Trump obstructed justice. Trump is a rapist. Trump hates Muslims. Trump hates Puerto Ricans. Trump is a dictator. All that and so many more. All false. All easily debunkable all played for political points by the Democratic elites and their PR firms in left-leaning media that shaped a portion of America's negative view of the president. 
I then found myself looking up the source material for the different allegations. Did the president really say that? Is it in context? What was he really talking about? Now, the more I went back and found the clips comparing them to the media's depiction of what he said, the more I found that creative editing, out-of-context cutting, and just plain lying created a narrative that was false. It just didn't exist. Trump wasn't a Russian spy. He was just a spoiled, rich, bratty pig who at the end of the day was playing the media, even after they were on the attack. It was sleight of hand. He was diverting attention away from the work he was doing by playing those scandals, having the media focus on idiotic stuff while he rebuilt America unopposed. Coming to think of it, it was a brilliant strategy, and I'm kind of impressed. When I started looking past the bluster of the media, I started seeing the truth of the Trump presidency, things CNN won't report. The return of millions of jobs that Obama said were gone forever. The reopening of car manufacturing in Detroit. People, especially the working class, going back to work. The middle class being rebuilt. The economy booming. The steel factories reopening. The coal mines reopening. All the things that have proven Trump to be a good president, but none of the things that will show up on a meme in Instagram or Facebook. Now I've spent a good part of two years debunking and putting into context things the media claims Trump said. All the time claiming that I was a supporter of democracy, which I am, and denying that I supported the president. My defense of democracy has forced me to become a defender of Trump. Attacks on the office of the president are attacks on American democracy itself. Context is everything, nuance and innuendos mean nothing. So, now I am a Trump supporter. Not because I like Donald Trump, but because the left has forced me to support the president. The left has forced me to research the good and the bad to actually understand what the president is doing. Hate him all you like. And there are good reasons to criticize him. But, but do me a favor, just do it accurately. And in context, don't support the lies and the propaganda. I may not like Trump as a person, but he's been a good president. I will continue to fight for accuracy in the media and criticism for not only Trump's sake, but for America's sake. one 669 1292 is the number to call. Get in on the conversation. one 669 1292 I, um... I was, I was bothered a little bit this week with another media, outrageous media lie. So I, I'm sure you must have seen the story where the media claimed that Trump said that he was the chosen one, that he was the Messiah, and everyone was making fun of him for saying he was the Messiah. That's not what he said. It's not even close to what he said. In fact, what he said had no religious connotation whatsoever. That's what the media reported. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. In fact, CNN, who reported that Trump Trump called himself the Messiah, actually posted the video of, of Trump. They, they posted the video. And the video, if you watch the video and you listen to CNN, you will realize that uh, whatever CNN said he said is not true at all. In fact, I will, I will play you the video. I will play you the audio of Trump speaking. 
And this is exactly what he had what he said when he said he was the chosen one. So we all heard that Trump claimed that he was the Messiah. But that's not really what happened. Here is what happened. Listen carefully as Trump talks about uh, the trade war with China. Just just listen carefully to what he actually said. And you'll understand how the media bastardized his speech to make it sound like he was a psychotic religious nut who believed that uh, that he is the Messiah. It's not at all what happened. Here is exactly what happened. And this is, this is the actual audio. Somebody said it's Trump's trade war. This isn't my trade war. This is a trade war that should have taken place a long time ago by a lot of other presidents. Over the last five or six years, China's made $500 billion. $500 billion ripped it out of the United States. And not only that, if you take a look, intellectual property theft. Add that to it. And add a lot of other things to it. So somebody, excuse me, somebody had to do it. I am the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. So I'm taking on China. I'm taking on China on trade. And you know what? We're winning. Because we're the piggy bank. We're the one that... All right, somebody had to do it. Somebody had to take on China as for trade. I guess I'm the chosen one. Somebody had to do it. Does that sound like the president is calling himself the Messiah? Not at all. In fact, if you listen to it in context, the president is saying, hey, all the other presidents dropped the ball on this. I'm the chosen one. Unfortunately, I'm the one who's left holding the bag. I'm the one who's left having to take care of this. I am the chosen one who has to deal with this. It's not a, there was no religious connotation there. There was nothing religious there. There was no Trump calling himself Jesus or Trump calling himself uh, the Jewish Messiah. So whoever the heck started that stupid, stupid rumor, and I saw a hundred memes talking about this. At least a hundred memes. Whoever started that just did it to make Trump look bad. They lied to make Trump look bad. Now, that's politics, of course. That's that's what happens in politics. People lie. And uh, you're never going to stop lying in politics. But that was totally ridiculous. You heard the clip in context. The clip in context tells you that Trump did not say anything close to what they said they said that he said. And this is continuously... What happens with the coverage of President Donald Trump? He can't win. No matter what he does, they take words, they take three words out of context and claim that he said something that he really didn't say. It's quite scary because it's an attack on democracy. It's quite scary when the media decides that they don't like a certain person to be a politician, and they make a concerted effort over the course of years to destroy that person, to destroy him personally and to destroy him politically. It is a, it, it is a very scary situation. Now, I don't know if you find it as scary as I do. I, I'm not sure you do. Give me a call, one 669 If you find that as scary as I do, I find the situation extremely scary. I, 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 I really... I look at it, 
And I say if the media could manipulate the population the way they have manipulated the population to hate Donald Trump, then what else are they lying to us about? What else are they manipulating us to do? And how do we stop this? How do we save ourselves? one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 Now we can have a we can have a rational conversation about this. I I actually praised Trump in this in this sentence. So um so maybe, maybe perhaps people are upset that I said good things about Donald Trump. Because you know the art of debate is is dead. I'll tell you a few years ago I decided to take my politics to Facebook. Before that I had only used Facebook to promote my radio show, but as politics and the world heated up, I decided to become an active and loud participant in the conversation. I was on the radio. It was appropriate. On the advice of one of my Facebook friends, I unlocked my profile and allowed anyone to peer into my digital world. I started sharing articles and calling out false information posted by others. I tried, when possible, to provide accurate facts. I linked to articles or transcripts that debunked the myths spread by mainstream media. I held, and I still do hold, a conservative point of view. Now, I have to be honest that the results of that decision have been mixed. There were people I was working with who were very close who started distancing themselves from me. There were others, mostly high-profile media types, who publicly attacked me. Some called me alt-right, others referred to me as a hack and a loon. And amongst and, and one particular editor of a major newspaper uh, said, called me stuff that I can't repeat on the radio. Some of them blocked me on Facebook. Others continued to insult me. It's all good. It's all part of politics. It's all part of political commentary. I am a political commentator. I take a stand on politics that deviates from the collective stance of my religious community. I take a stand on politics that deviates from the collective ideas of my country. Does that make me alt-right? And by the way, I hate that term, alt-right. It's a cute way of saying a Nazi. Nah, I'm not a Nazi. It makes me a person who has a different political view. And at one time, that was acceptable. Having a different political point of view generated the conversation and debate. Nobody hated each other because they disagreed politically. People were able to get along, argue or not argue politics, and still have a coffee afterwards. Unfortunately, that's all changed. We live in a world where nobody reads anymore. People listen to edited sound clips and read memes and believe it all. Nobody questions, nobody researches, and the hate just builds up. Whatever the mainstream media decides is acceptable becomes acceptable. Look, take this for example. Don't, don't take my word for it. Take this for example. Look at the examples. Antifa, a supposed group that is anti-fascist, can beat up a gay Vietnamese journalist and the media calls him a Nazi. They call the journalist a Nazi. And because the media called the journalist a Nazi, even though he was beaten up by this fascist group of uh, anti-fascists, you know, this violent group of anti-fascists, and even though he was beaten up and he got brain damage from the beating, the media called him a Nazi, so of course he is one. 
although all evidence of his past postings proves that he's not. The media tried to crown a president, Hillary Clinton. The American people voted against the media's choice, and the coverage of the current president painted him as an incompetent, stupid buffoon. He never had a chance to prove himself, nor the opportunity to serve his country. It would take, I'm taking hours and hours and hours to dissect each and every fake scandal that the media danced before the public to discredit the president. From him trying to personally benefit from the presidency, to him being a Nazi, to him colluding with the Russians. Each one debunked, each one, each one thrown out, each one ridiculously, ridiculous. Yet, these allegations are very much still alive in the minds of people brainwashed by the media. Take, for example, five reports. The Mueller report, an FBI report, a CIA report, all these investigations, a Senate investigation, a congressional investigation. And all these reports could be released announcing no evidence of the Trump campaign colluding with the Russians. And the media and the public still insist he did. Media pounces on any loon's allegation of plausible, credible, or not of sexual impropriety made against the president or any of his nominees or his staff members. Long, drawn-out interviews in prime time. And then when the allegation is debunked and found to be false, complete silence. Just look at the whole case of Brett Kavanaugh, where all these women came forward and said that he raped them. And then it was proven he didn't rape them. And then just silence. The media never went back on there. They never stepped back. They never backed up. They never apologized. They just, they just stopped talking about it. Leaving the man's name tarnished forever. Now, people have accused me of being a Trump supporter as if supporting the President of the United States is a crime or immoral. The disgust in their voice, their attempt to shame me by publicly declaring me a supporter of the President, baffled me. Of course I support the President. I've always supported democracy and the elected official of whatever country he was elected to rule. Have I opposed or spoken out against policies? Yeah, but that's what democracy is all about. I can hate everything about a president, oppose everything the politician does, and know that in four years he could be voted out. The thing is that when I criticize a president, I criticize policies and political actions. I don't care about his personal life. I couldn't care less about his marital status, his flings with prostitutes, or how he spends his off time. I care about what he's doing for the country and how he helps everyone. What he does outside the presidency is none of my business, unless, of course, he's committing some kind of crime which he should be persecuted for, prosecuted, not persecuted. He should be prosecuted for it. The one thing that gets me every time, though, is when people get personally insulting. I never took politics personal. I always argued my point, sometimes heatedly, and then was able to go to lunch with the person. Friendships were never ruined by disagreeing with someone. In high school, I was a champion debater. I coached debate teams. And the first thing I teach is that when the argument gets personal, you have won the debate. You won the debate. People tend to get personally insulting when they have nothing constructive left to, to contribute to the conversation. In today's political environment, when someone is called out for posting a false statement or a misleading or an untrue quote, instead of reading the actual quote in context and then either arguing or backing down, they get their dander up and tend to get insulting. What a shame. 
I've learned so much from reading back and forth, from listening to people argue. I mean, just think of the Talmud. The loss of that kind of exchange is not only damaging to political debate, it's actually damaging to all debate, and it's damaging to mankind. By losing the ability to talk to each other, to argue, to disagree, but remain civil, even friends, one can only conclude that eventually we'll go to physical war over words. That, to me, is a scary proposition and would be a sad ending for one smart people. It would be extremely scary if, if words led to, led to war. But words have already led to war. Look at Antifa. Look at what's going on on campus across North America. Look what's happening as the radical lefties. They're not liberals. They're radical lefties. As the radical lefties have taken over and have shut down free speech and have hijacked the conversation. Look what's happened when groups like Antifa, supposedly an anti-fascist group, have risen up as a violent fascist group oppressing anybody who disagrees with them. It's a scary situation. And the apathy of most normal people have allowed us to grow and grow and grow. We can't be apathetic anymore. You can't keep being apathetic and allowing these groups to grow. Because right now they're a problem in the United States. Next month, two months, three months down the line, there'll be a problem in Canada. Be, they're already a problem in Europe. Once these ideas and these, this craziness is allowed to, it's allowed to, uh, to, to, to germinate, there's no telling where it's going to go. And don't blame the president. It's not the president's fault. It's our fault. It's society's fault for allowing this, for allowing civility to be thrown out the window. It's definitely our fault. We have to learn to stand up against evil in society. Until we do that, we're in big, big trouble. My name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to call in. The number to call, 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. We'll take a little break. When we come back, the Howie Silberger Show continues right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Father's delight I'm just 
just the sun yearning, child who is returning to my father's embrace, to the Shrena Hadoisha's face. Oh, 
This is the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1-877-669-1292. For those of you just tuning in, there was a major announcement made at the top of the show. Uh, we will be changing the format of the show. The uh, show will air starting next week. The show will air between 8 and 9 p.m. on Sunday. And that will go on until the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah, which is at the end of September. And then after Rosh, then, uh, during the holiday season, so between Rosh Hashanah and the end of uh, Simchat Torah, uh, we will not be on. And when we come back onto the air, when we come back to do the show at the end of October, it will be on three nights a week for one hour each night. Now, which three nights, I will announce uh, later. We haven't finalized the nights that we're going to be on yet. But essentially, the show is is reduced to one hour uh, starting next week, next Sunday. And then we'll be on three hours a week starting at the end of October. And that's that's uh, that's the first of uh, of a couple of major announcements we've made uh, regarding the Howie Silberger show. I hope that you uh, that you will join us. You will follow us along this journey. It's been a it's been a wonderful journey till now, and I know it's going to be, continue to be a beautiful journey. So this is the last time, uh, the last two hour show that we're going to be doing, um, at least at least for next uh, uh, for the foreseeable future. So after tonight, the show becomes one hour. On Sunday nights, and we have changed the time, so please make a note of this. Uh, next week, the show will be on between 8 and 9 p.m. and will not be on uh, between 7 and uh, seven and 9. So it'll only, be, it'll only be on between 8 and 9. We'll be starting at 8 o'clock at night. And uh, we haven't gotten rid of anybody, so everybody will still be with us. Mark David will be here, and Sheldon Freed will be here. Uh, maybe not next week, but uh, in, in the coming weeks, they'll be back. And the uh, the show will continue, uh, almost unfeathered. I mean, we're we're planning to do the same stuff that we we normally do. It'll just be a little more condensed, and it'll be over three nights. Uh, you could call in because the show will always stay live. I'm not going to do a pre-recorded show, so the show will always stay live. And the number was, continues to be one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That is the number to call to get in on the conversation. Here on the Howie Silberger Show, I invite you to call in to be part of the program. It is uh, it is an essential part of the program, by the way, to um, to to call in and to talk to our listenership and to 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 be able to take phone calls. And I love the fact that we can take phone calls. It took me a long time to find the right technology to be able to hook that up, and I'm I'm very happy that we're able to offer the the technology here on True Talk Radio to be able to take live calls on the air. A lot of podcasts can't do that, and uh, we don't consider ourselves a podcast, by the way. We consider ourselves a radio show because we do it live and we take calls, and that's the that's the definition of radio show, not podcast. We, we eventually podcast a radio show, but right now it's a radio show, not a podcast. And uh, I, I talk to a lot of my friends who, who do this kind of radio, online internet radio, and none of them are able to take live phone calls, but we are. one and it's toll free on top of it all. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That's one eight seven seven six six nine 
1292. I, I am uh, I'm actually looking forward to these changes. I, I'm really excited about them. I, I think the show will be a better show. I think you will find it easier to listen to the show. You won't drag on for two hours. It'll it'll be one hour. It'll be nice and easy to listen to. I, I won't be playing as much music during the show. I'll be offering you a lot more in commentary and news features. And I, I think it, I think I think it's gonna be exciting and a, an interesting a ch- interest interesting change for all of us. Now, in the last three weeks, unfortunately, Israel's had to bury two teenagers in the last three weeks. Both of them killed by terrorists. Now, for those of you who say that Israel is the terrorist, these people didn't do anything. They were killed because they were Jewish. A father lost his daughter on Friday, a week after she turned 17. Rabbi Eitan Schnurb, the father of Rina Schnurb, who was murdered in a bomb blast on Friday, told Israel National News that the terrorist attack, it's, um, I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's, just, it's just hard for me to even talk about this. She was 17 years old and she was murdered for the simple, for the simple crime of being Jew, living in the Jewish homeland. It's, it's sick. It's terrible. Anyway, Rabbi Schnurb was also injured. He's in the hospital. His son Devere remains in the hospital too. They were both uh, they were both murdered. Uh, well, they were both injured. His daughter was murdered in the same attack. Here's his quote: "The situation has greatly improved on Saturday," he said of his son's condition. He was anesthetized and then on a breathing machine, but now he's communicating on his own. Rabbi Schnurb continued. It all started when I took the kids on a trip in the land of Israel. They are both bigger now, and I wanted to spend some more personal time with them. We reached the Ain Bubin Spring next to Dolev, parked the car, and went down the path. At the end of the trail, there was a big explosion. It was clear to me from the start it was a large bomb. The place was empty. There was one car which we were looking for, but the place was empty. It was not normal because the place is usually filled with people on a Friday. It was a little strange to us that there were no people. This is uh, Rabbi Schnurb, the father of the of the t- teenager who was murdered in a terror attack bombing in Israel on Friday. There was black in my eyes. Soot was everywhere. Tvir shouted, Dad, and I shouted, Rina, Rina. I went to her, and after a few seconds, I saw there was nothing I could do. The bereaved father said, I'm a professional medic, and Vera is also a medical course. We realized there was nothing we could do, and then we strengthened each other. Already in the first few seconds, Vera performed amazingly. There are no words. He told me to call the rescue forces. I called while we continued to help each other. It was just seconds after the attack that we saw that Rena was no longer with us. I hugged and kissed her. I told her we were with her and we wouldn't leave her. Vera and I reinforced each other and said that we would come out stronger and not despair. 
The father continued. His son Devere was hurt much more than he was. He had a lot of bleeding, and yet in those moments he told me to take the clothes off to make it easier for paramedics to take care of us. He also told me, Dad, don't tell Mom about Rena right away so she won't go into shock. Rabbi Schnurb said that it was clear to him that Rena was killed instantly and did not suffer. She was peaceful and we could say goodbye to her. It took a long time for them to get to us. I said that the best thing to do was to use the longest uh, tzitzis tassel as a tourniquet to stop Tavir's bleeding. So they used their fringes from their from their tzitzis, which is the um, which is the Jewish garment that uh, the Orthodox Jews wear under their under their clothes. They wear a garment that has fringes hanging down. I'm sure you've seen them on the Orthodox Jews. They used the longest one as a tourniquet to stop the bleeding in Devere. In the ambulance, they were told that that's what saved his life. The rabbi continued, obviously God saved him. Rena absorbed all of the explosion to save us, he said. I told her, we really love you. She is a martyr. We believe she wants to grow. She wants us to grow stronger and not weaken and strengthen the people of Israel. It's a man who lost his 17-year-old daughter. This is why it angers me. It totally angers me when I hear about Jews who stand with the enemy. I want to talk about that when we come back from this break. Howie Silberger. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 They keep killing us. They keep killing us. And all we ever wanted was peace. But they keep killing us.
the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1-877-669-1292. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We had made a major announcement at the beginning of the show at 7 o'clock. I will repeat it now for those of you just tuning in for the second hour. As of next week, next Sunday, the show will be reduced to one hour on Sundays. It'll be on from 8 p.m. till 9 p.m. every Sunday night until the Jewish holiday of Rosh Hashanah, which starts at the end of September. At that point, the Howie Soberger Show will take a hiatus. We'll be off the air for about four weeks, three or four weeks. And when we come back, we'll be back on one hour a night for three nights. So we'll be expanding the show to three nights, one hour a night. The three nights that we'll be on is uh, is, is still up in the air. I will make that announcement sometime soon. Uh, and, of course, of course, if you want to, to be up to date on everything going on with the Howie Soberger Show, like the Howie Soberger Show page on Facebook. That's where we will update you on all the major changes happening to the Howie Soberger Show. Now, we're not getting rid of any of our cast, so don't worry about that. Mark will still be here. Sheldon will be here. We'll be adding a few more people to, uh, to our roster of people we talk to on a regular basis. We plan to continue doing the exact same show just on a few nights a week. And uh, it's not the first time, by the way. 
that the Howie Silberger Show has been a one-hour show. Uh, when we started on Radio Shalom, we were one hour. And we were one hour every night of the week. We were on five, five nights a week. And we were on one hour every night. And then I expanded to two hours a night for uh, five nights a week. And then uh, it was expanded to three hours and <laughs> three hours on a Sunday. Uh, so, so it's not the first time that we've cut the show down to one hour. The show's been one hour. Uh, since we've been on True Talk Radio, since we've been exclusively on True Talk Radio, the show started at three hours, has moved down to two hours. Uh, but now, now I feel that it's time that we go to one hour, three nights a week. That way we could offer you analysis and news uh, three nights a week, throughout the week. Uh, I'm going to try to space out the nights so that it's not the same night. It's not three consecutive nights. Um, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, I have other shows that air on True Talk Radio. I have deals with other uh, hosts. And um, I have to move things around in order to make this work. So... Uh, that is left up a little bit in the air, but the show will be airing three nights a week uh, starting at the end of October. But starting next week, and mark this in your calendar because starting next week, we will be airing on Sunday nights for one hour between 8 and 9 p.m. It will always be live, which means that you could always call in like you can tonight. The number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 Those of you listening on the podcast, by the way, uh, because we air the show live on Sunday nights, and then we podcast it later. So those and thousands and thousands of people download the podcast every week. And if you want to download, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you could do so by going to the uh, iTunes store or to the Google Play store or wherever you get your favorite podcast. You could, you could subscribe to the podcast of the Howie Silberger Show. And, of course, you go to truetalkradio.com and you could uh, download the app or you could download it from any of your app stores, wherever wherever you get your apps and wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be able to find the Howie Silberger Show and the True Talk Radio Network app. So, after, in October, we will be on three nights a week. But, of course, we're always going to be live and you could always call in and the number to call will always be one 669 1292 that's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That is the number to call in and to be part of the Howie Silberger show to be to be to talk to me. Uh, and if you're listening on a podcast and you're not listening live, or you're listening to a delayed uh, uh, playing because this plays again and again on True Talk Radio, it plays every day on True Talk Radio. So if you're listening to uh, to a recorded version of the show either live on True Talk Radio or like live from the tape on True Talk Radio or through the podcast, and you want to comment on something, you could do so by calling in to the, uh, to the same number, one 669 1292 And just don't choose the uh, option to go on the air with me. Choose the other option. So there's option one and option two. So option one is to go on the air with me, and option two is to leave me a message or leave any one of us who are involved in the show a message. So feel free to use option two. And you can leave your message off air, and uh, we might play it on air. We might we'll address your. I promise that if I don't play your comment on air, I will at least address the issue that you bring up there. If it's relevant to anything we're talking about, I'll address the issue. So if if you don't want to call in or you're a little shy to get on the air with me, then feel free to leave me a message on option two, and we'll we'll address your issue there. Let me give you the number again, one 669 1292 So just before the break, I was telling you about the latest terror attack in Israel. 
where a 17-year-old girl who recently turned 17, she turned 17 a week ago, Rina Schnab was killed. Her father and her brother survived the attack and credit her for their survival. She took the brunt of the explosion. They were on vacation. They were just they were just traveling down the country going to look at beautiful, beautiful things in the country. They were killed. She was killed. She was murdered because she was Jewish, living in the Jewish state. Now, there are people, lots of people, who justify this kind of murder, who don't who call themselves human rights activists, and they complain and they yell and they scream and they they, they organize boycotts against the state of Israel. And they remain silent when innocent 16, 17 year old kids are killed. It's the second child to be murdered by terrorists in Israel in three weeks. The second time Israelis had to bury children and silence from the UN, silence from the so-called human rights organizations, absolute silence. Jewish life is cheap. It's free. Jewish blood is free. And it's free to flow through the streets of Israel with no opposition whatsoever. Where are the Jewish organizations? Where are the protests? Where are the the morning vigils? Where are the angry sermons? Where are the people in the street? Where are the Jewish activists? Where is anyone who gives a damn that two children were killed in a terror attack this week? The problem is that North American Jews are too comfortable. The problem is that North American Jews are too affluent. Affluent, Affluence breeds apathy. It's a major problem. And, and even, even more disgusting than the silence of our Jewish communities. The lack of protests, the lack of of screaming and yelling, the the Jewish leaders saying, "Calm down! Don't go out on the streets! Don't, don't cause a fuss!" The pure lack of empathy for Jews being killed because Jewish political leaders want to hold their positions and Jewish political leaders want to keep collecting their salaries. Don't want to rock the boat. Supporting Israel will promote anti-Jewism, so let's not support Israel. The silence of our community leaders is staggering and disgusting. The silence of our community, the lack of outrage 
is revolting. Yet it's par for the course. When's the last time the community got outraged about anything? Oh yeah, I remember. When two young Jewish boys stood up and disrupted a apartheid, Israel apartheid event at Concordia University. The entire community went crazy and condemned them. That's right. Two young, beautiful children were murdered in the last three weeks. No loud condemnations from anyone. It's almost like we're living in a dream. It's almost like we're living in a crazy, bizarre world. It's, it's crazy. It's it's insane to think that millions of Jews who could make a difference, who could get up and could could make a lot of noise, and perhaps potentially make a difference, have chosen to remain silent. It's not their children. What do they care? What a sad commentary. What a sad community. Disgusting. one 669 number to call. one 669 Jewish communities in North America, Jewish communities around the world are so corrupted, so assimilated, that they have no empathy for these murdered souls. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We're heard live every Sunday night from 7 to 9. Well, this Sunday night from 7 to 9. We'll be heard live following this Sunday night after this show. Sunday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Right here on the True Talk Radio Network. You can give me a call if you want to get in on a conversation. Number to call, one 669 1292 Oh 
from you I came in the world this way and I'm going out the same gonna live my life and die as a Jew as a Jew as a Jew I got nothing to apologize to you I'm a son of Abraham I've been living the promised land shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't you Bigger show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292. Jay Goldberg walked into the stone building just east of the Harlem River in Manhattan for his first day of school 38 years ago. He was a 16-year-old boy excited to attend the famed Yeshiva University High School for boys. But Goldberg said that he would soon spend hours being sexually abused in a rabbi's office at the prep school. At the time, I told nobody, he said, at a Thursday news conference in New York. I didn't have anybody to tell. He was the person of authority. He controlled the day-to-day activities in the school. After he graduated, Goldberg said he endured years of nightmares about a rabbi with a thick framed glasses and a beard, finding his emotions so uncontrollable that he once broke his own hand. Now, he's now 54 and a software engineer. Goldberg wants justice from the institution, which he says knew about the abuse and remained silent. On Thursday, Goldberg and 37 other plaintiffs filed a lawsuit against Yeshiva University, alleging that the institution failed to protect its students from two rabbis who abused students in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. These men are men who deserve justice. They are entitled to it, and I assure you they will get it, said Kevin Mulhern, an attorney for the plaintiffs at the news conference. Now, Yeshiva University has declined comment on the case, citing the pending litigation. A former chancellor previously apologized for failing to alert police to the crimes. The lawsuit was made possible by New York's new Child Victims Act, which changed the statute of limitations on criminal charges and civil lawsuits involving children and opened a one-year window for new lawsuits over old cases. The group of yeshiva students had brought a similar case in 2013, but lost because judges ruled that too much time had passed since the alleged assaults. They were barred from the courthouse in 2013, but now the door is open and they're walking right in, Michael Dowd, the lead attorney on the case, told the Washington Post on Thursday. They get their day in court to hold the yeshiva accountable for a disgraceful cover-up of sexual abuse. Now, the high school is one of many institutions rocked by sexual abuse scandals that have been sued under the new law. Since the litigation window opened last week, hundreds of suits tied to old abuse have been filed, including cases against the Boy Scouts and the Catholic Church. 
The Yeshiva University High School Boys, which operates as a prep school for its namesake university, dates back to 1916 and is considered to one of the is considered to be one of the first academic Jewish high schools in America. The school's alumni includes Los Angeles Dodgers president Stan Katzen and lawyer Alan Dershowitz. The sexual abuse allegations about the school emerged in 2012 when the Jewish Daily Forward reported that Rabbi George Finkelstein, who eventually became the school's principal, and Rabbi Macy Gordon, who taught the students uh, rabbinical law, had sexually abused students during the 1970s and 80s. The paper also found that the school knew about the abuse, but allowed the instructors to keep working for years. One student told the Daily Forward that he tried to take his own life after Gordon sodomized him with a toothbrush. His parents allegedly reported the incident to the school, but nothing happened. Finkelstein later went on to work as dean of a Jewish school near Miami, and both he and Gordon eventually moved to Israel. Gordon is dead. Finkelstein could not be reached for comment, but he's denied the allegations in the past. A year after the article landed, Yeshiva University Chancellor Norman Lamb apologized for how he handled the sexual abuse incidents in a letter announcing his retirement. At the time that inappropriate actions by individuals at Yeshiva were brought to my attention, I acted in a way that I thought was correct, but now seems ill-conceived, Lamb wrote. Goldberg said that he could have been saved from years of abuse had the school acted sooner. Had this been addressed years before, I would not have been abused, he said. The new lawsuit describes the high school as a place where vicious and malicious predators preyed on children. The complaint also alleges that Finkelstein targeted children of Holocaust survivors, telling them that they would increase their parents' suffering if they shared the story of abuse. Barry Singer is a 61-year-old plaintiff who spoke at the news conference and said he didn't understand that he was a victim of sexual abuse until he had his own children. Having children was my salvation because that was when I was able to come to terms for the first time with what happened to me, he said, adding that he has since compelled his daughters to speak up if they ever experience abuse. I said to them, whatever happens to you, you have to understand that I didn't speak up at the time, but I'm speaking up now. You have to speak up the minute anyone touches you in a way that bothers you. David Bresler, who is 51, is another plaintiff. He said he was scarred for life by the abuse. I would wear my shirt out of my pants so that there wasn't all this feeling around there, he said in a news conference. And to this day, I still do. Goldberg was an anonymous plaintiff in the 2013 lawsuit. After the death of last year of his mother, who was unaware of what he went through, he said he felt comfortable making the story public. It is the culture of Yeshiva University and the culture of modern Orthodoxy and Judaism that is a scar for us to come forward. It is with shame, he said. And it shouldn't be. He is 100% right. Abuse, any kind of abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, should be, should be uh, reported immediately. People should be brought to justice for stuff that they did. especially in yeshivas and in religious places where you trust the rabbis, you trust these people. You trust the teachers and the rabbis to take care of your children, to watch out for their best interest, to be there for them. 
You don't expect that the rabbis of the schools be sexually abusing the children. You, you never expect that. And when it does happen, and unfortunately it happens more times and more often than we like to believe, when things like that happen, there is no shame in being a victim. And the communities that shame the victims should be ashamed of themselves. There's no, there's no shame in being a victim. You didn't choose what happened to you. Some demented pervert chose what happened to you. Shaped the rest of your life. I've advocated for years. And it's not the first time I said it on the show, and it won't be the last time I say it on the show. That child molesters, people who molest children and ruin their lives, should be held to the same standard as people who kill people, people who murder people, premeditated murder. And a death penalty should be reinstated for these people. These people should be hung. I say hung because I think hanging somebody is a statement. I'm I'm not even of two minds of this. I, I'm, I'm 100% uh, behind hanging child molesters. Let me tell you a story. Years ago, a former boss, he was the editor of a newspaper I read for I wrote for for a long time. He got arrested for possession of child pornography. He would go home after work. He was uh, he, he worked in a newspaper and then he volunteered to coach young boys in baseball. It's a baseball coach. And after his games with his young boys, he would go home and he would look up uh, child pornography for boys around the same age as the boys he had just left. And he would get his uh, he would get him he would get off on uh, on pictures of uh, of young boys committing sexual acts, pictures and videos. And eventually, the stuff that he found for free wasn't good enough for him, so he started purchasing the stuff and got caught in a sting operation. And eventually, they arrested him. Incidentally, that was the second former boss of mine that was arrested for child pornography. I got to choose my got to choose my bosses better, I guess. Anyway, so this guy gets arrested and he goes to jail. And he didn't get a very long jail sentence. I think it was 30 days or 60 days or something to that effect. It was, it was a very short prison sentence. And when he came out of prison, he wrote a, he wrote a book. And his book was advocating the acceptance of pedophilia, which is the, uh, the perversion of, of having sexual desires for children. He wrote a book saying that pedophilia is a sexual is a sexual choice. It's a sex, it's it's hardwired, kind of like homosexuality. It's hardwired in your brain, and um, and, and people should accept the fact that there are some people who are pedophiles, and they should get mental help, not jail time. 
And this was the argument he made in his book. And he uh, he he called me and he says to me, "Hey, Howie," he said, "I defended you when you wrote something controversial. I need you to to publish. I, well, the book's being published. I need you to um, help me publicize the book on your radio show." It didn't take me more than a second to say no way. He offered me money. I said no way. So the protection of children and the 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 the, the concept of, of advocating to accept child abuse child abusers as a normal sexual preference is disgusting. And not on my show and not on my watch and not anywhere near me. He got really mad at me, but no radio show was going to touch him. No newspaper touched him. Nobody touched him. Nobody, nobody talked about his book. He sent everybody copies of it. Nobody, nobody talked about it. Nobody read it. Nobody reviewed it. And eventually he just faded off into the background and forgotten, long forgotten. But the question is that uh, pedophilia is not, it's not something that's curable. Everything I've read about it says it's not curable at all. So if he faded off into the background, he's disappeared. Is there a potential that he's still committing these kind of crimes? Is there a potential that he's still molesting children? I mean, this was years ago. And that's always the pall that's going to hang over over a, a child molester's head. I'll tell you another story, because uh, you know, these, stories, these stories just highlight how how, how lax we are in letting these people back on the street. I was, uh, the, I, I was volunteering for the Maccabea Games years ago, maybe eight, nine, ten years ago. And the Maccabea Games, uh, you know, it's, it's kids. Uh, they range from 13 to 17 or 18. And I was dealing with, uh, with one of the sports. I was in charge of one of the sports. And we had about 40 kids who were, who were competing in that sport. Suddenly, a man shows up to volunteer. And I looked at the guy, and I, uh, I didn't recognize him, but I had known about him. He told me what his name was, and I had heard about him through one of his friends that he was arrested also for molesting children. When he got out of jail, he got a job immediately, almost immediately, at a uh, local college, a local uh, junior college. So uh, a, a college that has 17, 18-year-old kids going to it. He got, he got a job there immediately. And through the college, he got to volunteer for the Maccabea Games. So here was this guy who was accused and convicted of molesting young children coming to volunteer at a event geared towards young children. At first, I put up an objection. I said, no way. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to let this guy volunteer. There's no way I'm going to let this guy work with these kids. you got to be insane. But I was told by the organizers of the Maccabee Games that, uh, hey, look, he did his time and... Uh, He's out, and you can't really discriminate against him. You have to let him. You have to let him help. So I put him far away from the kids. But he watched the kids play, and he he hung out, and he became friendly with some of them. And then, 
he started asking for their phone numbers. It was at that point, I mean, the man was in his 30s and he was asking 14-year-olds for their phone numbers. It was at that point that I said, no, get lost. And I threw him out. I physically removed him from the sporting event. But the, story, but the question is, the question is, why would he have been allowed to be in that position to start with? And the answer is, quite simply, like we're very lax in general, in society, on how we deal with child molesters. It's a very uncomfortable topic. People are afraid to talk about it. People are afraid to deal with it. Nobody wants to think about young children being sexually molested. And these predators, they jump at the opportunity. They jump at the fact that we're uncomfortable talking about it. Gives them the opportunity to pursue it unopposed. And our apathy allows it to happen. Everyone's always afraid that their family will be marked as one of those victim families, one of those families that are that, that their children will not be able to get married and uh, there'll, there'll be a blemish on the family name because the child was victimized. It's how the religious community works. And it's stupid. For years, the Hasidic communities would take people who molested children in one community and ship them off to another community, much like the church did. Try to hide them in the network of communities, of Hasidic communities that they had. And they would do that in order to protect these people. And they would vilify the families that went to the police or went to protest in any given way. And this was standard operating procedure. You weren't allowed to protest. You weren't allowed to stand up and say, I was a victim. And these kids went untreated. Lives ruined. I'm glad New York gave some of these kids. They're not kids anymore gave some of these people the opportunity to step forward and hold the university, the high school accountable. We don't hold people accountable enough in the society. Everybody should be accountable for their actions. We've all done bad stuff. We all have we all have skeletons in our closets. Every single one of us. But we shouldn't let evil get away with it. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. one 669 
show on the True Talk Radio Network. Call 1877-669-1292. If you missed the announcement before Starting next week, we will be on between 8 and 9 p.m. for one hour. And we'll be on for one hour till, uh, till the Jewish holidays. One hour on Sunday nights between 8 and 9 p.m. So the time is changing for the Howie Silberger Show, as is the, uh, the amount of show that we're doing on Sunday nights. So uh, starting next week, we'll be on between 8 and 9 p.m. We'll still be live. We'll still be taking your calls and still have uh, 
most of the features that we have normally on the show uh, on between 8 and 9 p.m. next Sunday. That song, uh, that song, the uh, Eat Date song from uh, Schlockrock, uh, cracks me up. I want to thank Lenny Solomon, by the way, for allowing me and giving me uh, perpetual inf- perpetual permission to use his music on the show, him, Gershon Varoba. There were, there were a bunch of Jewish musicians who gave me perpetual Taliyas and Moshias' uh, estate. They gave me perpetual permission to use the shows, to use their songs on this show. And I want to thank them so much for, for giving us that, uh, that, that permission and for sending us the music. It is, uh, it is very nice to be able to use some of this music and to give them some exposure that they normally wouldn't give. They wouldn't, normally wouldn't get. Um, so that's, uh, that's, that's the big thing that's happening right here on the show. We are, uh, and then after the Jewish holidays, for those of you just tuning in who didn't hear the announcement before, after the Jewish holidays, we'll be expanding the show to three nights a week. But that'll happen at the end of October. So it's a long way off. We're going to take a few weeks off in between then. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, long, it's a long way off. But eventually the show is going to be three nights a week for one hour each night. And I'm very happy to be doing this show. I, I, I really love this show and I love this audience. And... Um, Another thing that, that we're planning is a speaker's bureau. We're going to put together a bunch of people who could go out and speak, and we're going to put a speaker's bureau together. So if you, if you, if you need a speaker for, for an event or you need someone to host something or, or someone to give a speech on, the, on, a, on a given topic, we will have that opportunity too. It's a lot of things we're working on, and I am just, uh, I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping. Hoping and praying as they say, um, that as things go on, health and, uh, and, and circumstance will allow us to, to do everything we're planning to do and to make the Howie Silberger Show True Talk Radio and eventually Jew Talk Radio, the new station we're going to launch, into major successes, much more than we are right now. Right now we're very successful, but we could be a lot more successful, and I'm hoping that, uh, that these changes will allow us to do that. You, of course, are always welcome to call in. The numbers to call are one 669 1292 That's 1-877-669-1292. You can call in while the show is on the air. You can call in while the show is off the air. If you're calling in while the show is off the air, choose the option for uh, everything else. And just leave us a message. And I will address, I promise you, I will address the uh, whatever issue you bring up in those, uh, in those uh, messages when... Um, when I do the next show. So it's not like uh, we're going to listen to your message and then ignore you. We will listen to your message and we will deal with your issue the next time we're on the air. Well, that's it for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening and uh, I'm hoping and praying and hoping and praying that you have a great week. And we'll see you again next week, next Sunday night at 8 p.m. right here on truetalkradio.com, the only place to be.
Coming through real strong. 